And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I want to talk to you today just briefly about these uh, Christmas angels who appear to these shepherds. Consider, first of all, they're appearing. And in verse 8, we read that they were in the same country at the same time that uh, the Christ child was being born in Bethlehem, out in the country surrounding that, or shepherds out uh, keeping watch over their flocks by night. This would have been an everyday or if you will, every night experience for them. They had probably done this thousands of nights without any incident. And this night looked like it would be different from no other night. And they're just out there uh, watching over their sheep when all of a sudden an angel appears before them. And we are told that they were greatly afraid. And for good reason, because... Uh, these Jewish men would have understood something of the appearance of angels in the Old Testament. Angels didn't appear that often every several hundred years or so, but whenever an angel appeared, it was a notable event, and no one ever took it lightly. The common response was to fall down like dead men and, and just uh, think, I've, I've breathed my last breath. This is the end of me. They might have remembered the the story of uh, when uh, the angel of the Lord came and killed 185,000 Syrians in one night. One angel, 185,000 wiped out. And so, an angel of the Lord appears before them. And they're shaking in their, their boots. They are afraid, of course. And uh, we read that the glory of the Lord shone around them was not even the angel's own glory, although angels are certainly glorious beings. Uh, we are made a little lower than the angels, and so they are greater beings than we are at, at this point in time, have untold powers and glory in their own right. But it wasn't the angel's glory, it was the glory of the Lord that shone around them. From perhaps being in the presence of the Lord and just radiating the glory of the Lord reflecting that it was the glory of the Lord that shone around them and they were afraid of that and we could kind of understand that we are we ourselves are so used to darkness 
In our own lives, we're so used to walking in the darkness of this world that any ray of light from heaven would be a fearsome thing for us to behold. Now the glory of the Lord is shining around these men. And so the message that the angels bring is first of all, don't be afraid. Because their first reaction is fear, don't be afraid. They're here for a further purpose, for a noble message, the evangel. And here's what they say in verse 10. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I bring you good tidings. Uh, That's an adequate, a, a good way to translate this actual one word, good tidings. It's a compound word in Greek made up for the word good, which is oi, which became changed from EV, EU to EV, and angel, like the word angel. The word angel actually means a messenger, and the evangel is the good message. Uh, we talk about evangelism as giving forth a good message. Literally, what the angel said is, we're bringing to you the evangel the good news and not just some good news you know like when you hear I've got some good news for you and some bad news not, not just that but the all time bestest good news the evangel of Christ it is good tidings of great joy this would have been significant because the last time the word joy is mentioned in scriptures, before this, the previous time joy is mentioned is 520 years earlier by Zechariah, who prophesied that in the latter days the Lord would return joy to Israel. And Zechariah, uh, whose name, by the way, means God remembers, is the last to mention joy. And then after 520 years of, of no word, now the, the long night has ended, the light has come forward, and here it is, the proclamation of great joy in the evangel. This great news of great joy, the angel says, will be to all people. And that's significant because it's not just a message to uh, the people who live in Bethlehem or in Judea or in Israel. It's not just to the Jews. In fact, it's to to all the world. This is good news. The evangel, the, the gospel was to go to all the world. This is good news of great joy to all people. And it means all kinds of people, all sorts of people. Not necessarily every, every single person in the world, but all sorts of people all around the world. This message was for them. The message includes or concerns primarily a person in verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is called, first of all, a Savior. When the angel appeared to Mary, the angel said, you shall 
bear a child and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. In fact, the name Jesus is Jehovah, Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves, Jesus. The, this baby came to save, to be the savior of all people. He is not only the savior, he is described as the Christ. And the word Christos, the Greek word for that, is the equivalent of the Hebrew word Meshua or Messiah. He is not only Savior, he is the long-awaited Messiah, the anointed one who was to come. And he is not only the, the Savior and the Messiah, he is Christ the Lord. He is God himself come in the flesh. This is the creator of the angel who's proclaiming this is, is the one lying in the manger. The one who created heavens and earth and all that is in them is this baby. He is the Savior, Christ, the Lord. He is also King. First part of verse 11 says, There is born to you this day in the city of David. It, it had to be in the city of David, Bethlehem, to fulfill Old Testament prophecy as, and even nearer uh, the prophecy given to Mary. If you back up to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1 starting at verse 30, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So this is a savior who is Christ the Lord, and the eternal king. This is the message. And then the sign is verse, in verse 12. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They wrapped babies in swaddling clothes at the time, not only for for cover uh, to keep them warm but also to keep their, their limbs straight in their uh, infancy uh, but the amazing thing here is that he would be lying in a manger the word manger just means a, a feeding trough where you, you feed the animals uh, therefore we usually picture this scene as being maybe like in a cattle stall or maybe a small enclave or, or cave of some sort uh, but that's, the word manger itself just refers to the, the little feeding trough that he's lying in it, we, from our perspective we would think he should have had on royal robes instead of just swaddling cloths he should have been born in a in a castle he should have been born laid on a royal bed but Christ of course did not come to have an easy life but to give his life as a ransom for us also reminds us that that success is not measured in 
the worldly accoutrements that surround us. Success is measured by the presence of heaven, by the presence of God. And in this lowly cattle stall food trough for animals, the king of the universe was lying. So this is a sign that that you will have, the angel said to the shepherds. Well, they needed such a sign because if they were just told the the king of glory has come to earth, they would have known where to go. They would have expected some nobleman's house perhaps, but they needed to know it would be a lowly place. Perhaps there was even another child born that same night in this small town of Bethlehem, but surely none other would be laid in a cattle trough. What makes the place of Jesus' birth glorious and special was not its surroundings, not its location, but that but the heaven was there, the glory of heaven in the feeding trough. And we see the choir in verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, now this this choir suddenly appeared. They were probably there all along, but just uh, the shepherd's eyes were opened to their presence. Uh, a host of angels singing glory to God and peace to men. Uh, the word host there, host of angels, is sometimes used for a multitude. Sometimes it's used for an army. Uh, a host encamped against them, meaning an army. So here you have the um, unusual s- statement that uh, an army of angels is proclaiming peace to men. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. So they are worshiping God, praising Him. We don't know what they sounded like, what an, what an angel song would be like. Um, we can imagine being glorious beings and having um, qualities above ours and abilities beyond ours that they might have even sounded better than this choir. <laughs> could, it could have been. But the importance is what they communicate. They're praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men the angel song summarized the whole purpose of the coming of the son of God to be also son of man two things the glory of God and peace with men that's the summary of the whole Christmas story glory to God in the highest God's glory is always the first, the the foremost, the the primary reason why anything is to be done. It's the, the greatest reason for the coming of the Christ child is the glory of God. Forever we will be singing the praises of the Lamb who came to be born as a man, to be given as a sacrifice for our sin we will forever praise him and glorify him for this event. And we will forever praise 
our Heavenly Father for being willing that day to send His Son to this earth for us. And the angels are declaring that glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now that could be translated goodwill toward men or toward men of goodwill. <clears throat> but most theologians agree that it likely means something like uh, goodwill on, um, to men on whom God's favor rests. The goodwill has to do with, with God's gracious favor resting on someone. At any rate, Christ was born to bring peace between God and men. Something had to be done about the sin problem that separated man from God. A, a, a boundary we could never cross. A chasm too great for us. Something had to be done to bring peace between us and God because we are naturally not friends of God's but we are in our own natural state enemies of God and enemies of the cross as we will see in, when we get back to Romans chapter 5 but Christ came as the peace child he came as the peace offering to make peace between God and men to provide an avenue a way for us to have a relationship with God and one day Christ will return again to this earth and he will establish a kingdom of peace in which not only will um, swords be turned into uh, plows but the lion will lay down with the lamb and there will be peace on this earth in the reign of Christ. But today he is offering a peace between you and him if you have never experienced that. This is really the message of Christmas is peace on earth through this one who is born through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you know him, you have that peace resident in your heart. And I, I hope you let that peace just radiate from you uh, this week as we celebrate our Savior's coming to this earth. If you don't have that peace, you ought to have it and you can have it by placing your faith, your trust in this one who was born a, a baby, the son of man, who lived a, a sinless life and died a perfect substitutionary death for your sin, that whosoever believes on him would have eternal life. This is God's offering of peace to you today.